Imagine you're a ticketing service, selling smart digital tickets designed to prevent fraud and overselling. And you're doing your very first pilot for a super important and very famous client. You bluffed your way into that pilot because the product you built wasn't actually that good. So it looked really slick uh, when, you, when you bought a ticket. Uh, but it, it was literally sort of a smokescreen because everything on, on the back end was... Uh, manually or it was uh, basically on fire yeah but wonder of wonders you nailed it nothing went wrong and then the second pilot comes along for the same super important and very famous client i think nobody was at the office even and everybody was doing support from the couch for, oh yeah well we'll we'll, we'll handle it uh, and then of course the total shit show people couldn't log in so what do you do how do you fix a huge mistake like that Powered by Mali, this is Moment of Growth, a show about entrepreneurs and that specific moment in time when they felt like their company was really taking off. I'm Viviane Bendemacher, and in today's episode, you'll hear the story of Maarten Bloemers, who completely turned the world of ticketing upside down by making the first truly digital tickets. It's a story about blockchain, crowdfunding with cryptocurrencies, and never making the same mistakes twice. This is the moment of growth for Guts Tickets. Dutch entrepreneur Maarten Bloemers has always known he'd eventually start his own company. Yes, it was written in the stars, Maarten was going to be an entrepreneur. But Maarten figured, you can't go to university to be an entrepreneur, so he studied law. Because knowing exactly where you can find the rules you need to play by as an entrepreneur would come in handy later. So so I'm very, very glad I studied law. Uh, But I was a shit lawyer and uh, I had had an awful time. After graduation, Maarten started working at the Dutch Central Bank. A match made in, well, in hell. Yeah, it was was horrible. Uh, A lot of smart people, a lot of nice people. Uh, but it was the exact opposite of what I wanted to become. So uh, every uh, break you had to check in, check out. Uh, some people, they, they put a thumb on your desk if you cleaned it up uh, nicely or not. Uh, which it's, it's all very... Expl- you, you can explain it because there, some people can see those dossiers and others not. And so, so there is rationality uh, for those rules. But come on, grown-up men with a with a red thumbs down on your desk when you come in to work in the morning. It was, was horrible, but a very good experience. He longed for the freedom to do business, and he decided to quit that awful job and stop working as a freelance lawyer, helping out entrepreneurial friends who had debt collection issues and could use some legal help. It turned out to be a smart move. The business went well, very well. But if you work on an hourly basis, time is your main obstacle. There are only 24 hours in a day. Maarten wanted more. He wanted to skill up. But he didn't hire staff. He had set his sights on something else. And that something was cryptocurrency. When Bitcoin came along, I just thought, well, this is a very interesting concept because the way we create money and our money system is, is just insanity. I would invite everybody to educate yourself on that front because if people would know how it works, like Henry Ford said that, if, if people know how it works, we would definitely have a revolution. Maarten wasn't necessarily interested in Bitcoin as an alternative to money. He wanted to spend less time per client so he could help more people faster. 
That's where another famous crypto coin came into play. So helping out more clients means that you need to use automation to, to um, uh, process those files. And then Ethereum came along with the smart contracts, which are basically self-executing contracts. And I thought, well, that's just interesting. Let me think about something that could work on this blockchain. Yeah, we know. Ethereum, smart contracts, blockchain. Wasn't this guy just a lawyer a second ago? It's a lot to process. We'll let Maarten explain. Okay, so normally you have data stored in, so, so to explain it easily, you have data stored in one place, right? So basically it's an Excel sheet that's stored on one place. Um, but anybody with the with the the, uh, uh, the admission rights of the administrator rights can just mutate data in the database, right? So that's, that's something you will not like because then you have to trust the people who are... Uh, able to change that data. Um, what blockchain does is basically you have, let's say, a thousand copies of that Excel sheet um, and everybody needs to be in uh, agreement on the changes of the data. So you have uh, one data set decentrally de stored, which is very useful for transferring value like blockchain does, right? Um, what Ethereum does is it took that same concept but then it said, well, you can also register agreements here. So you could add an if-else statement into a uh, 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 blockchain. So basically it would self-execute if certain um, uh, terms were met. That basically means that if a customer doesn't pay for a specific service on time, they're also automatically denied access to that service with a smart contract that can check all the conditions on its own. Here's a very extreme example. Let's say you're leasing a Tesla on a smart contract and you're not making your payments on time. It would be possible for that smart contract to act immediately, all on its own, letting your Tesla know it has to stay locked until you make a payment. For Maarten, who was looking for a way to handle more clients in less time, it was music to his ears. Working with Ethereum smart contracts would allow him to help clients without checking contracts or following up with legal consequences manually. And then he heard a radio documentary about secondary ticketing. You know, reselling event tickets. Done by people looking to earn extra money by selling them for way more than the original price. And often it's actually a scam. Tickets are resold to several people at the same time, which means that some unlucky buyers are turned away at the door because someone else has already entered with their ticket. And during that radio documentary, everybody was saying, well, yeah, you cannot guarantee the authenticity of a ticket. And uh, they would just keep on repeating that. And then I thought, well, sure I can, uh, because you can timestamp it or you, you, can, you can make it truly unique. So you can make a truly unique digital scarce asset. Um, and basically, a ticket is a right to enter an event. So it's, it's, a, it's a very low level and very simple agreement that isn't too much. Um, there's, there's nothing to interpret about it, right? So you have the ticket, then you're eligible to enter the event. Um, and I thought, well, that's actually a really good use case for blockchain. Um, and then we just started building it. Yeah, they started building it. But what it actually is might still be a little bit fuzzy. Because, well, a ticket is just a ticket. You know, something you can print out, something tangible. Sure, some tickets have a QR code, which kind of makes them digital. But Maarten wanted to build a system that would create 100% digital tickets or intangible tickets. 
uh, what we did is we made a ticket intangible because it's very um, it yeah, can be used in, in, in an intangible way very easily because the only thing you need to do is you need to scan that QR code, right? So what we do is basically we ask that ticket, that if else statement, we refer to either, we ask it, yo, uh, change your barcode every 15 seconds. And so he created a ticket that changes so often that it's essentially intangible. The previously static ticket that never changed after issue, the PDF ticket that we're familiar with today, is now a ticket that actually stays alive until the ticket is scanned at the door of a venue. It's the perfect solution for eliminating fraud. But you might still wonder, can't you just print a screen capture of one of those barcodes and still sell them? Well, you can try, but the printed copy will have a notification that says this won't work. So trying to scam someone will be way harder than it is with tangible tickets. Of course, you're still allowed to resell your tickets, but only on the God's Tickets platform and only for a fair price. And according to Maarten, that price is always set by the artists themselves. The owner of the ticket will then change and the new owner will receive an intangible ticket with the ever-changing barcodes. So yeah, Maarten's idea about ticketing via blockchain might actually solve the scam the documentary was ranting about. So back to Maarten. He's not the type of founder who came up with a solution for a problem he himself had. Maarten doesn't even like big events like concerts. Yeah, which is weird, I know, but that's the honest truth. Nope, Maarten is the type of founder who had an idea for building a system. He just needed a product to go along with it. And once he found that product, tickets, he went for it. So the next day I went to the office. I, I shared an office with a few guys um, and I said, well, I have a new idea. And, uh, and one guy just said, oh, I love it. Let's, let's do it. Uh, and he also said, well, I think I have a launching customer. Um, so we just uh, and we were both looking for uh, uh, developers. So we were recruiting developers. Um, and for your own business yeah, already. Exactly. Yeah. And he, uh, uh, him as well. So we thought, well, okay, well, we'll do a hackathon um, and we'll see how that um, how that plays out. And let's hope we, 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 we get some talent right there um, and then just see if, if, it's, if it's feasible, um, if the concept is feasible. So they organized a hackathon in the Ukraine. Why? Well, because it's way cheaper to organize an event there than in the Netherlands. And there are a lot of talented developers over there. So Martin went to the Ukraine to see if the developers there could build his blockchain-driven digital ticketing platform. We'd never been to the Ukraine before, so how do you organize a hackathon from square one? So we just do a, did a meetup. So I just wrote uh, the specifics of what we wanted to build. Um, and the funny thing is, we, we I think we did like $2,000 of uh, prize money, which was a shitload of money there um, but we didn't really research it it was it was it was just a side project and we thought well we're just have, gonna have fun in ukraine for a weekend um, but because of the the prize money was quite substantial for them uh, it was very busy and um, and and the 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 product that arrived uh, so the so proof of concept we it was very decent so we knew it could work the trip to the ukraine was a massive success not only because the proof of concept they got out of it was better than they had imagined, but also because Maarten, with his knowledge of the law, knew that when you host a hackathon, you have to be very clear about who owns the developed concept. Me being a lawyer, so I knew <laughs> this, was a, this was an important part of, uh, of, of entering the contest, that you, you should 
uh, say that, that all uh, works that were created were, uh, were legally mine. And so all work was his. That trip to the Ukraine turned out to be a reason to celebrate. So we went drinking really hard and then in the plane back with a hangover from hell. Um, and then we sort of plotted. So we said, okay, so, so all right, so it works. What are we going to do? Uh, but both thinking, well, we still have our own businesses, uh, which we're doing okay, but not not super. So we just said, okay, whatever, we're gonna we're gonna try and push this, and we're gonna do everything full throttle, and we'll just see where it ends. Um, and yeah, we we did that, uh, and yeah, and it sort of spiraled out of control. That's not an exaggeration. From that moment on, things went to move at light speed for the company. And it had everything to do with an unexpected phone call they were about to receive. But before we get to that call, what about the name of the company? Well, that had everything to do with the gut feeling they had that this idea would really work. Yeah, yeah, well, it's, yeah, a bit corny, but yeah, yeah. It just, it just felt like the, you just, especially with the, with the whole crypto, it was really sort of popping and we were in it and you just felt, all right, we're going to, I can imagine it. It must have felt like uh, internet uh, 1989 or something, something like that. You really felt, oh, this is this is going to be become big. Um, and the other thing is, like tickets on blockchain, it's it's such an obvious use case. And the fact that we've, I'm, I'm quite sure I wasn't the first to think of it, uh, but we were the first to actually act on it, um, and that that we were the very first to do that was beyond me. That I've a, a non-technical guy. Uh, during a workout, thinks of it and uh, and is the first. Uh, I just thought, oh, this is a huge chance. He was right, because then Maarten got that unexpected phone call we were talking about. It was an insurance company, ASR. They knew he was exploring the world of blockchain and they were interested in hearing more about his concept. It was 2016 and blockchain was a buzzword that everyone was talking about and everyone thought they should do something with it but only a few people had been working on real-world blockchain solutions. And Maarten was one of them. And I thought, well, it's just to explain blockchain, uh, a ticket is a very um, uh, good use case to explain blockchain by because people sort of get the concept before they get the concept of uh, even money or, or Bitcoin. So I just thought, oh, well, I'm going to do it about the tickets. And um, uh, so I just showed the product and they loved it. Uh, and they gave us, uh, this is a true story, I, I still think it's unbelievable. They gave us an allocation of an innovation budget. Uh, so we, we could literally just send an invoice to them. Um, and they paid that invoice uh, for us to sort of keep developing what we were doing. Um, because they were very in uh, interested in self-executing uh, insurance policies. And of course, Maarten, still being a lawyer, made sure that what he was developing would still be his and not ASR's. And still they invested in the idea, which is pretty unbelievable. I still remember the moment that was next to my, my banged up Volvo that uh, drove like 700,000 miles. And, uh, and uh, yeah, it, 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 yeah, they, it, it, they paid it. It, it. Again, true story, they paid it within two hours or something like that. And it was a substantial amount. Uh, on investment, and and they got they got out of it what they wanted. So they wanted to know if if it, if it could work for insurance policies, uh, which the simple answer is uh, basically no. Uh, but we didn't knew that back then. So they they uh, uh, they had a yeah sort of a 
first-hand experience on, on how blockchain development could work and uh, what, what would work. Uh, so for them, it's, it's money well spent, and for us, it was, uh, it was beautiful. Moment of Growth is powered by Mali. Mali, the founders of growth. Their solutions simplify complex financial services, letting you focus on growing your business. Because Mali believes payments should be effortless and growth should be for everyone. Mali, the founders of growth. Visit mali.com for effortless payments. Maarten used the ASR money to analyze his proof of concept, hire a very talented developer who is now the CTO of the company, took the proof of concept and used it to build an actual first product. And of course they came up with a business model that was, and still is, fairly simple. The event organizer pays guts tickets a flat fee of one euro for every ticket sold. And that's it. It's worth noting, because Guts Ticket's competitors often charge a percentage of the ticket price, which may be higher than the one euro per ticket they're charging. So why a flat fee? Um, because we, so we only serve the Dutch market. So, so there is a reason for percentages, because if I would serve an event organizer in Nigeria and I would say, well, it's going to cost you a euro per ticket, uh, it would probably be 40 or 50 percent of, uh, of the entire um, ticket value. So, so that would be... Weird, but so, so if you do a worldwide market, a percentage is more reasonable. A percentage of the of the actual transaction. Okay, fair enough. So now it was time for the first client. One of Martin's co-founders took an unbelievable bold step and just rang the doorbell of one of the most famous comedians of the Netherlands, Joop van het Hek. Literally, he didn't send an email, didn't reach out to the management. Nope, he actually rang the doorbell. Van het Hek answered via Intercom and Maarten's colleague just started pitching the concept of guts tickets. And I think 15 minutes later he was on a voicemail. He said, love the idea, uh, go talk with my management. Um, and then Tom, he came running into the office screaming. And then uh, that, that was one of the moments I thought, all right, so this is, this like if, if the first artist we sort of uh, go to is this enthusiastic about the idea, then we're onto something. Um, and then we went to the management, and that's actually where the, where the real magic happened because uh, at that moment, uh, Jochen Meijer was still uh, there with his manager. Also a famous comedian in yeah, the Netherlands. Well, he's, he's way more famous, actually. Um, and those were basically the young guys. So, so uh, uh, Joep, uh, yeah, he's fairly, fairly of age. Um, and they were the young guys, and they they were really enthusiastic. So they just said, "Okay, we're gonna do a pilot, and then and then and then." Uh, and well, we bluffed our way of, uh, through it, of course, because yeah, you're, you're a startup, so what are you gonna say no? Um, but um, we said, "Okay, we're gonna do a pilot." Um, so our first like large pilot was with Jochen Meijer. Also not an exaggeration, they really needed to bluff their way through, because all they had back then was the front end. They just hired a UX designer, now one of the four co-founders, and he did a great job. It looked awesome. So it looked really slick uh, when, you, when you bought a ticket. 
but it, it was literally sort of a smokescreen because everything on on the back end was uh, manually or it was uh, basically on fire. Yeah. That was pretty nerve-wracking, pulling that off for one of the biggest comedians in the Netherlands with only a front end and what was still a very basic back end. But they pulled it off. Everything went fine. So the second big show came. Another show for big name comedian Jochen Meijer. After the first pilot, which went really smooth, and we said, ah, we got this. We, we know how this works. <laughs> so easy. Ticketing is so easy. And then at the second pilot, like the second sale, uh, I think nobody was at the office even, and everybody was doing support from the couch. So, oh, yeah, we'll, 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 we'll handle it. Uh, and then, of course, the total shit show. People couldn't log in. and um, But it was fairly small still, like only, I think, 1,500 tickets or something. Still, 1,500 angry customers is a lot. But the angry manager on the phone, that was probably the ultimate low point for Guts tickets. Uh, I think I, I, think I, re- I can recall his, uh, his manager uh, screaming that I should stop the sale, stop the sale now. And we were just like, ah, on, we, we can still fix it. Uh, no, he was literally screaming. Uh, I said, well, we're, we're, we're going to try. Yeah, we're going to try uh, to stop it. But it, actually, while he was screaming, um, uh, Evo found the bug and, uh, and, and, uh, and fixed it. And, it, and it, it recovered really fast, which was way better than we expected. Um, uh, but like, so, so yes, we make mistakes. But the, the, the important thing is we never make one mistake twice. That's something we, we don't do. Um, in retrospect, we could have made fewer mistakes but then we had fewer learnings, but uh, yeah, yeah. That was the moment Guts tickets really started accelerating. They discovered that they not only had a product that could attract big clients, but also that they had the talent, the skills and knowledge to fix every problem they might encounter. Their confidence grew and with it, Guts tickets started growing too. Although the story of Guts tickets is really interesting, For Maarten, it's merely a showcase for their bigger plans. Because what the guys behind Guts Tickets are really building is much bigger and more important than Guts Tickets alone. They're building a blockchain-based smart ticketing solution. So tickets on blockchain is, is, I believe, that is going to be the norm within 10 years. Uh, We were the first. So after a while, I just thought, well, now I want to become that norm worldwide. so the, the, the idea here is I want to sort of want to become the PDF of tickets registered on blockchain. That's, 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 the, that's the idea. Um, and it has a lot of upside, but you, you need to create the network effect, which is really, really hard and, and, and costly to do. Yeah, the PDF of tickets registered on blockchain. So what Martin is basically saying here is that he wants to create a new worldwide standard for smart tickets. Because he really believes that in a couple of years, everybody wants smart tickets. In the traditional, not-so-smart way, a ticket is normally a PDF sent to you via email, right? That's the current standard. Maarten wants to be the new PDF. So he came up with GET, Guaranteed Entrance Token. The best way to describe a token on blockchain is a kind of digital fuel. Because for every interaction with a smart ticket, for instance, maybe you want to sell your smart ticket... You need fuel to do it. And the fuel Martin wants you to use is GET. But how do you finance an expensive, very ambitious plan like that? And at what point do you reach out to investors? That's something that keeps a lot of entrepreneurs awake at night. If you wait too long, you slow down the growth of your business. But if you move too quickly, 
when your company isn't valuable enough, you might just lose a lot of shares. That's uh, that's something I, I I fail to understand. 23% of nothing is is still nothing, people. So so the only thing I, I'm, I'm concerned with is growing the company as fast as I can. Um, and how many percentages I wind up with in the end, I truly couldn't care less. Yeah, the 23% Martin is referring to, that was exactly what he gave up during their seed investment after they burned through the ASR money. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was 300k with the option of 500. So we could, so on the, under the same conditions, we could ask for 200 more at, um, when, uh, whenever we wanted to do it. And we gave away 23.1%. So it was a post-money valuation of 1.3 million at that moment. The 300k they raised supported them for a while, but it wasn't enough. So Martin decided to go for what's known as an ICO. It stands for Initial Coin Offering. It's a form of crowdfunding using cryptocurrency to raise capital. It's kind of like regular crowdfunding where people invest by pre-financing the development of a product. But with an ICO, it's not the standard exchange of ordinary money for an ultimately produced product. Instead, you buy tokens. In Martin's case, of course, his guaranteed entrance tokens, GET. So, so normally, uh, normally in ICOs, you write a white paper. So basically you lay down a concept. You say, all right, I'm going to use this token. So that's basically a sort of a, um, yeah, big token that is used in the application. And you do a pre-sell of those tokens. And then you promise that those tokens are going to be used uh, once the uh, application you wrote about in a white paper is having traction and um, uh, you need those tokens, right? Um, in our case, we already actually had something that needed tokens. Yep, they already had GUTS tickets. And to interact with a ticket from GUTS, well, you need the token Martin and his colleagues developed, GET. Still a bit abstract? Well, Martin has another example that may make the ICO concept a bit more clear. It, it, it would be like, okay, I'm starting a new uh, airliner and uh, it's not gonna run on, uh, on uh, uh, kerosene, uh, but it's going to run on uh, whatever. Squirrel tears, I don't know. <laughs> um, and, and I'm so, and then you pre-sale uh, uh, the fuel, uh, which is going to be become over. Well, the ex- the expectation is that it's going to become more valuable over time um, because the usage of the uh, the squirrel tears is actually being used instead of just uh, falling to the ground. So, so you do you do a pre-sale of uh, the fuel you are going to use. And that's what we did. You probably figured it out yourself, but to translate it back to Martin's business, the airliner he's talking about is a blockchain-based smart ticketing service. The squirrel tears he's using as a fuel, that's GAT, the guaranteed entrance token. And if he's right, and tickets on blockchain will be the norm within 10 years, chances are they're going to be using his token, GAT. That would mean that the value of GET will increase rapidly, making it very interesting for investors to want a piece of that pie. And so, to make a long story short, an ICO seemed like a pretty good idea. He hoped to raise a value of 15 million euros. In the end, they raised 6.2 million. And even though that's a whole lot of money, it still felt a bit like a disappointment. Yeah, I could say, yeah, I think I think it was more disappointment than it was something else. Because we were the only crypto project with an actual working product 
and other guys were, were raising 50 million in two minutes, we thought, well, this is going to be a shoo-in. Um, but that is just not how it works because having a product makes it way too real and people sort of want to have that, that FOMO feeling, well, oh, I'm going to miss out on something. But in retrospect, that ICO was actually a very important moment of growth for the guys behind Get and Guts Tickets. Because then we knew, okay, we have runway for at least two, three years. So we're actually going to, to have a shot at entering the market in a, in a decent way. So what's next for Martin and his team? Now it's protocol time. Um, uh, so, so now we're trying to scale internationally like very fast. Um, and then I don't have the support. I don't have, uh, I have nothing to do with event organizers anymore. Only with the guts. But those guys, we service now. We know them. We like them. So, so we're friends. Um, but after this, I'm only onboarding other ticketing companies who are going to use my tech or new ticketing companies. So um, I hope I have less to do with the politics of the music industry, basically. And so Guts is continuing to disrupt the ticketing industry with their own token and their own platform until they're the new standard of the world of ticketing. Along the way, they've learned how important it is to be the true owner of your product, as well as the value of listening to your gut feeling, making the right bluffs at the right time and focusing on what you've got instead of what you wanted. And with those lessons in mind, they're setting their sights on conquering a ticketing world that still has a lot to learn. Uh, but the fact of the matter is that a lot of people in the business, they really don't care. They really don't even mind. Um, and in the end, it's it's the uh, the low ticket fee that counts. Um, and if the fans get fucked over, um, they really couldn't care less. But fortunately, it's not all doom and gloom. Um, but on the other hand, um, it's 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 also a nice business. I used to walk in suits, and now I don't have to. And uh, that's that's also really worth something. This has been Moment of Growth, a show created by Molly and presented by me, Viviane Bendelmacher. Thanks for listening and stay tuned for new episodes.